0: Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our host, Evan Roars Dodge, shares practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, And through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, welcome to this episode of Hope for the Agora. I am Dr. Evan Dodge, your host for this podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Andrew Blackwood, or as he's known, Coach Drew. Coach (laughs) Drew, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Evan. So glad to be here.
1: I'm really excited. I've uh, enjoyed our conversation off the podcast so far and excited to dive into uh conversation with you about uh, your ministry what you're doing with coaching and uh, this topic this concept of resilience um, so coach Drew uh tell our listeners a bit about you and your your ministry your the coaching work that you do and then maybe something that's um uh, something that you enjoy a hobby or a bit about your family something by way of us uh, getting to know you a little bit
2: Certainly. Well, I'll start with that. That's the good stuff. I love spending time with my family. I have a lovely wife and two girls, nine and six, and they love me back. They're so wonderfully warm and affectionate. So um, I love spending time with them. But, um, and, and, and I'm not trying to sound extra holy and all that stuff, but I love my quiet time as much as i'm a dad and a coach and i spend a lot of time with people i guess it just reinforces the beauty of having that that quiet time that solitude so i journal a whole lot and i love it i love it so much so um and then if i'm not journaling and i do have some spare time i'm gonna try and take in some television and uh Okay, and I saved the, I saved the walking and the exercising for when the weather is really nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Now are are you uh, are you a sports fan at all?
2: No, I have never okay. really watched sports. I I, I prefer to play um, than watch. It's always been that way for me.
1: Okay, okay. okay. I, I didn't know you you know being in uh, being in on uh, you're in Ontario, right?
2: That's right. That's right. Okay. St. B-
1: All right. I didn't know if you were. I, I like to follow the Toronto Raptors a little bit. I was a, a big Kawhi Leonard fan. It uh, was so when he was playing for them. I kind of got to, you know, follow them a little bit. Took some interest. So I didn't know. Maybe we could commiserate on the Raptors a little bit.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, not.
1: No. <laughs> uh, oh uh, well, Coach Drew. Um, you you are a coach, and you do you do a lot uh, around uh, the communication, mental health, um. Uh, you know you were just telling me that you're doing a lot with anxiety and working with parents and kids mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. give our listeners a sense of your ministry um and maybe maybe to do that uh coach can we step back and maybe define like what what is a coach what's that what is, what is that that you're engaged in
2: you know I've I've been a mental health professional for 17 years so my My first experiences started as a youth detention worker. I worked as a as a basically a jail guard for kids, Um, and I remember. This little boy, he looked like he was eight, but he was probably 11 and um, he was always in his room, like always in his room Um, and kids were in detention for things as much as threatening to actually committing murder. So, um, you know, he him being in his room was indicative Well, him being in there was indicative that he got himself into trouble, but him being in his room was always a mystery. Um, because he would do things like smear feces on the wall and pick fights and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he would all always end up in his room. And the reality was, um, he was so afraid. He was always afraid. And mm-hmm. one night he, um, he banged on the door and I went over. I was on night duty and he's like, you know, they called Mr. Blackwood, Mr. Blackwood. Spackle, come here and I went over I'm like okay what's up you're supposed to be sleeping he's like I just want to know like how are you so peaceful Wow. Oh. and I never forgot that moment because there was an awareness of the absence of peace mm-hmm. in his life in his surroundings and that stuck with me so it moved me to want to help people and help kids beyond just themselves as an individual. And that's when I went to Tyndale and I entered the Masters of Divinity and Counseling and did Marriage and Family Systems. And I studied there and then I went into different programs. And so I was a registered psychotherapist for many years. And um, then I went on to get a doctorate of Ministry to Marriage and Family. Mm. Um, And, you know, it, it involves doing your own work and looking at your own history of challenge and generational patterns and you know so I was working I started my own practice and I was part of other people's practices and they were using the term coach because it was a lot more user friendly Um, and I found that that was the case too and it kind of fit with my style I'm I'm not the kind of uh practitioner who just sits and listens, um, for, you know, for the whole half hour or or 50 minutes, I actually like to engage. I like to get into the details and I'd like when people are proactive in the journey. So, um, so it fits well with my style. And, um, what I love doing is integrating scripture with the understanding of the mind that I've, you know, in practice and in study over the years. Um, so that's my brand of working with people. Um, and that's part of the reason why I am no longer a registered psychotherapist, because I want to work with people the way that I want to work with people. And yeah. it's it's more in, in keeping with the spiritual formations and disciplines and practices of that sort.
1: Yeah. Mm. Uh coach I, I when I went on your website to to get to know you and what you do a little bit i I love the the banner that I saw one of the pages of um healthy communication is healing communication
2: 100 uh, percent
1: unpack that a bit for us would you what what um I, I that just struck me um because as a as a local church pastor, I found like when I'm in a situation of pastoral care. So much of the presenting issue is wrapped up in communication
2: one hundred percent. yeah, yeah. and so yeah.
1: I, I resonated with that with that line. and I'd love for you to to uh, uh, just expand upon that some for uh, for our listeners.
2: yeah, certainly. so I, I've coined myself the healing communication specialist or the healing communication coach because there are so many elements to it that, are essential when it comes to connecting and healing and relating in very healthy ways. So even from your, with yourself as an individual, I tell people the most influential voice in the world is the one in your head. Mm. So before you ever say a word to another person, before you ever say words out loud, they formulate in your mind and they resonate in your heart. So you're thinking and you're, you're, you're engaging with yourself. We're always talking to ourselves. So what we say actually matters. And then it comes out in what we feel and in what we do. And a lot of people think that um, communication and healing communication is just about speaking. But when it comes to an interpersonal relationship, um, even in your relationship with God... The most important part is actually listening. And people don't do that very well. Mm. <laughs> we are not very good at it. So um, a large part of what I do, and even when I engage with people and I'm talking to them, it's it helps me to listen. Harnessing the God-given power of curiosity from a place that's not judgmental, but from a really loving and open place, it fosters healing. And when we do that with ourselves, when we do that with our children and our uh, the people that we love the most, our spouses and whoever, people feel a sense of safety. They feel a sense of belonging and acceptance. And that journey on the road of healing happens because we listen. And we listen in a way that we actually understand the other person. So healing communication is powerful and it led to me writing the book, the art of a genuine apology, because Mm. there's no such thing as a perfect person and we will experience hurt and we will hurt the ones we love. There's no doubt about it. Um, We're not talking about intentional hurts only. We're talking about the unintentional ones our blind spots, but when we become aware of it and it's so important to know how to address it because good intentions are not good enough people have the best of intentions and they try to offer what they think is going to be a meaningful and effective apology and quite often they make things worse so the book really helps people to realize where you've gone wrong in your apology and then how to address the other person's hurt in a way that really brings healing effectively yeah
1: one of the uh, a quote that I read somewhere years ago, but that stuck with me is this uh, coach. It's that that people so often listen to respond instead of Mm -hmm. listening to understand. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I, uh, it was, uh, I think when I read that I was convicted kind of immediately because I realized, Hey, Oh goodness. Yeah. I do that all the time. Right. I mean, in a conversation with someone about a, uh, a topic of, uh, you know, sports or a social issue or a theological, uh, you know, topic. And, you know, we want to listen so that we can, you know, either show how much we know or convince the other person how they're wrong and we're right. And,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, when I, when I started to try to make an intentional shift toward listening to understand, instead of responding, I, th- I think that's that, that, and I love how you said it is a God given gift of curiosity. I mean listen to understand yeah. because i, I want to know more about this person and you know what's important to them and um
2: that's right that's know. right and there's a there's a there's a real value of humility that's woven into genuine curiosity mm. because to be genuinely curious about another person's perspective is an acknowledgement that you don't know it you don't know yeah. it all right you you, you you can't you're two different people on purpose by god's design so there's no way you could know exactly what they think and exactly what they feel so embracing that and genuinely showing care so that you can understand where they're coming from that's that's one of the most powerful gifts we could ever give to another person yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's beautiful um uh andrew uh, coach share a bit if you would about um in your in your work with families with parents with individuals with churches are you finding um you know today in 2022 in north america are you finding any common threads of kind of things going on in people's lives or in churches kind of related to mental wellness um are there certain challenges or concerns that that you're just finding again and again? And um and, and if so, uh what are what are those? And how can how can people of faith um start to address some of these things?
2: Certainly. You know, I, I think I wouldn't say it's anything new as much as it is increasing and my awareness of it is increasing. But the scriptures tell us over and over and over and over and over and over again. Do not be afraid, do not be afraid, mm-hmm. do not be afraid. And the presence of anxiety and worry and fear in the lives of believers is very, very prominent. And um, and most of us really don't know how to address it. We don't really understand um, where it comes from, how it manages to creep into our lives and and, um, and what I've found is that it quite often is the starting point for significant mental health challenges. So quite often, anxiety unaddressed rolls over into depression, and it rolls over into substance use. And, you know, there's a strong correlation between anxiety, and um a poor sense of self and esteem and um even the people we would call narcissistic and all mm. those kinds of things there's often a driving force of anxiety so um in that sense the 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 people that i've seen and supported in church are not much different than the people who are outside of church. And that's unfortunate, um, but it's it's an equal opportunity for us to really understand anxiety, how it works, and how to integrate and make use of God's presence and his word.
1: Are, are there certain um, spiritual practices or um, formational exercises that you have found really help uh deal when dealing with anxiety
2: certainly um so I have my own history and personal journey with anxiety and um one of the things that I do is I I journal and over the years I've cultivated this way of journaling. It's not the most fancy name, but I call it effective journaling because it's actually really effective. And it goes beyond just um, word vomit on the page, and it goes Mm -hmm. beyond the chronicling of events to actually processing your thoughts and your feelings. So when I journal, I'm intentional about labeling my emotions and identifying the thoughts that are fueling those emotions because thoughts and emotions they are not the same we live based on how we feel but our feelings are fueled by what we think and what we believe so a lot of times we want to feel better but we don't realize in order to feel better we've got to think better so journaling is a really really important practice for me but I've also integrated prayer into my journaling Um, so when I journal my my entries are actually addressed to God I'm talking to God literally and I'm listening for his voice. I'm listening for his input. I'm listening for his guidance. I'm asking him to put his finger on things. I'm asking him questions and I sit and I wait. And I also, um, he gave me the idea for this way to do devotions. I call it seven days. So it's a seven days devotional plan. And as opposed to switching from one scripture to a next scripture every day, I stick with one scripture for the whole week. And each day of the week, I ask a different question. So day one is, you know, what does the scripture say about God? And I I, and I and go into the scripture and I listen and I pray and I integrate that. And it just speaks to my day. And then the next day, there's another question. So these are a couple of the resources that I have in my learning center online. Um, because when I journal, I don't just write without awareness I'm increasing my awareness I'm increasing my ability to tolerate the emotions that I become aware of and then I can be intentional right so those are three things I cycle through throughout my time of devotion awareness tolerance and intentionality and it helps me be a better version of me
1: yeah wonderful well we will take a short break and I'll be right back with my guest coach Drew
0: let's face it life can throw us curveballs we weren't expecting and put us off a bit sometimes when life gets overwhelming it can really change our mood maybe you get snappy or withdraw perhaps your go-to is anger or perhaps you just feel melancholy we understand that's why Agora network ministries is pleased to host in concert with the bell let's talk day evening with an expert join us wednesday january 25th at 7 p.m with guest expert dr grant mullen who will be talking with us about your moods matter there's no entry fee but there will be a free will offering there will also be mental health resources for sale don't wait go to agoranetworkministries.com to find out more information and register today your mental health will thank you
1: well, Coach, one of the uh, emphases in twenty twenty three for Agora Network Ministries is going to be resilience,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's a word that I, I have heard a lot as I've you know been reading um, you know spirituality books and uh, trauma informed um, theological works, which is a real interest of mine. Um, and so, I'm wondering, uh, Coach, if you could de- define resilience what it is, why it's important, and how individuals in churches can cultivate healthy resilience.
2: Yeah. So resilience is an important, uh, whether you call it a skill or ability or trait that we we can cultivate. So for me, when I think of resilience, I think of one's ability to bounce back. Right? you You get knocked down and if you're resilient you're able to get back up and 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 keep going um but there's an element about it for me that has to do with that sense of elasticity Mm. that ability to 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 be stretched and come back to form and um the absence of resilience means that we become rigid and we become brittle and um, and I see that happening in our lives when we don't take care of ourselves, when we don't rest, when we don't pause, when we don't um, literally sleep, and when we don't eat well, like literally you don't have the physical ability you don't have the cognitive awareness and then you become spiritually depleted as well mm-hmm. so resilience for me is has a lot to do with um self-care and doing what i do you know helping people um heal from unaddressed hurts let's call it that way Uh, unaddressed hurts because quite often we don't know how to respond to ourselves or others with both care and competence so we carry these unaddressed hurts and wounds and then we're not able to respond to life the way that we could Mm -hmm. if we weren't carrying these burdens, if we weren't uh, weighed down um, by all of these situations. And they just build on top of them and they build on top of each other because there are parts of us that are saying like, I need some help here. This hasn't been addressed. Mm -hmm. So resilience is less about what happens on the outside and more about how are we refreshing? How are we replenishing? How are we healing and growing on the inside? That's a determinant of resilience.
1: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Coach, if you could um, offer one takeaway, one best practice, um, or, 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 um, maybe geared toward inculcating that ability to bounce back. I, I love your your image of elasticity um it's a very sort of visceral image for me i can just see a band being stretched and then you know coming back to form um for 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 christian people for people of faith being able to cultivate resiliency what's one takeaway one best practice one thought that you might offer um as we uh, as we wrap up our conversation
2: it's funny um as I, I i do a lot of thinking about generational patterns uh-huh. and i realize very, realized recently that the the enemy of our souls is not going to stop trying to you know cause these patterns to be revisited in our lives so Just because you've experienced some degree of success, freedom, deliverance, doesn't mean that you then take a vacation and never pay attention to those things. Um, So um, I think it's important that we cultivate, um, and I do it through journaling, but this awareness and this listening for what God is putting his finger on in our our lives. Mm Mm-hmm. There will always be something where God will say, "Okay, here's room for growth. I want you to pay attention to this. Do you notice this pattern in your life? Okay, God, I I do see that pattern. What's that about? Help me understand that. So invest, be invested in your perpetual growth in your journey with God. Learn, heal, and grow. Rinse and repeat. Learn, <laughs> heal, and grow. Rinse. And, right. Yep. Learn, heal, and grow. So be committed um, to um, paying attention to what God is saying in your life. And a lot of the times when we have challenges and struggles, we don't necessarily see that that's God putting his finger on something in our lives. Okay, pay attention to this, Andrew, something here, pay attention to this, right? I'm, I'm working on something in your life. Sure, there may be other factors that are bringing this to bear, but that's okay. Pay attention to what I'm doing in your life. Yeah, Coach, yeah. Oh, I'm grateful for this
1: conversation. Thank you for uh, making time to talk to me and um, to share uh, from your deep uh, knowledge and experience around things that I think are just so pertinent uh, to so many, and particularly for believers. Uh, so thank you, uh, Coach. If folks want to connect with you, you mentioned you have a book. Um, you, I know, you, folks can find you at CoachDrew.ca. In the show notes for this episode, we will list um, uh, some ways to connect with Coach Drew, and um, maybe where we can find his book. Uh, is uh, is there anything that you'd any anything else that you'd like your listeners, our listeners, to know?
2: <laughs> ah there, there there's so many things that <laughs> um you know I I think my encouragement to people is to especially to parents to be proactive and to um not wait until their concerns or their challenges get so big um that they're really you know painfully scary let's be proactive and when we see signs that are concerning or things that we don't understand reach out i offer people a free 30-minute consultation i call it a next step consultation just to figure out okay where do i go from here what would be helpful um so make the most of these opportunities because now is always the time to take action when we think that our children are dealing with, uh, anxiety and, and, and emotional challenges. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I, as a parent, I resonate with that. So thank you for, for leaving us with that. Great. Well, uh, coach, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for being, uh, so gracious so knowledgeable and, um, sharing, uh, so much wonderful stuff with our listeners uh thank you and um, thank you to all our listeners and appreciate you
0: take care thank you for joining us today we hope that you found it helpful and informative we are always open to your comments and suggestions you can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com you can also go to our website for resources information and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.